0: Alright, so uh, welcome uh, people that are watching by online as well. We're glad you're with us. We're going to look into the book of Ephesians today. The course we're in right now is called the Epistles of Paul. And we're looking at all of the letters or epistles that Paul wrote to the churches. And we're up to Ephesians now. Um, again, written by Paul. Uh, Paul writes to the church in Ephesus while he's under house arrest in Rome, um, which was approximately 62 or 63 A.D. And um, he's, he's teaching uh, in Ephesians. He wants believers to ma- mature and he wants them to uh, grow together in unity. And, and um, he has been, uh, when he writes this, Paul's been a Christian for about 30 years now. He's taken three missionary journeys. He started numerous churches. Um, he first visited Ephesus on his second missionary journey. You can read about that in Acts 18. And then in Acts 19, he goes back for the third visit, and he stays there about uh, three years at that point. So he spent a lot of time with the Ephesian church, and we've looked at some of that before. Uh, as he writes Ephesians, it's interesting because we're, we're just finishing up this week. Our, we've, we've been working through Ephesians on Sunday morning, too. Um, but what we find out is that the Ephesians kind of breaks into three segments. Um, the first three chapters introduce the principles um, about things that God has accomplished. And, and, and so um, he's setting the stage. We know what he's done, so we know who we are in him. And we have to understand that. That's, that's, a, uh, that's a real important that we understand who we are in him. It really kind of sets the foundation for everything else that we do. And we have to know um, uh, what it is that He's done. And so we've been talking about that on Sundays. We, we, we need to be people that understand the gospel, the good news, what it is that Christ has done for humanity. To all those who uh, desire and choose to follow after Him, the, the ama- amazing love that He showed them and the lengths that He's gone to in order that they can be restored and reconciled into relationship with God. And the church has to be aware of that. that, that That's what our mission is, that's what we're all about. It's that good news, it's the Gospel. It's um, helping people go from darkness to light. And and, uh, too often, people don't understand that that's what needs to happen. Too, Too many people think that, really, this life is just about, you know, well, you're just supposed to be a good person, and that's what it takes. And that's not what the Scripture says about that. The only way to be reconciled to God is by responding to the Gospel. Uh, and understanding what that is. So as, as his kids, we have to know what it is. And, and it's, it's what, what we represent. It's who we are. It's, it's, the, it's the foundation of our mission is to um, be people that understand that. Then, uh, so that kind of happens in the first three chapters. In chapters 4 and 5, he really uh, talks about how we're to walk this life out. And we've been looking at that lately. and You know, it's important. Be, be careful then how you walk or how you live. We looked at this last Sunday. And so um, how, how we're to grow and be strengthened in Him and all that means that that means. And, and we looked at that and we'll look at that again uh, today a little bit. And then the, the final chapter, chapter 6, we're going to be talking about this weekend. Uh, he really is, um, uh, gives us how we to, uh, where to continue on in the midst of our daily sort of life and struggles. Um, things that we experience here in a fallen world on a broken planet. And um, he talks uh, in particular about the armor of God in chapter 6, and that we're engaged in a spiritual battle. And we'll be digging into that in depth um, this coming uh, weekend, if you can be here. Our struggle, you know, is not against flesh and blood. We have a tendency to think that it is, and we have to be reminded that that's not where our battle lies. It's not flesh and blood. It's a, it's a spiritual battle that we're engaged in. So with that said, uh, we have to understand then who we are in Christ, doctrinally, if you would. And Paul starts the letter out this way in Ephesians 1. 3 through 14 Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight in love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that He lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And He made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure which He purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment to bring all things in heaven and earth together under one head, even Christ. In Him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of His will, in order that we, who were the firstborn to hope in Christ, might be... For the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Powerful passage of scripture. And uh, as I said, we did uh, look at that um, o- over the weekends. And you know, one of the things I said that's amazing is that that we're given the Holy Spirit. When we come to know Christ, we're given the Holy Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. So, it, you know, it, it gets back to that the now and the not yet. You know, what's, uh, the kingdom is here because Jesus has come and has inaugurated the kingdom, but it's not fully here. That will happen when he comes, when he returns. He'll consummate the kingdom. We live in the tension. So the kingdom is here, but not fully here. And, and, I think Paul just gives us a perfect picture of what that means. So so we don't have everything of eternity yet. But as a deposit of all of that, we have the Holy Spirit. And what an amazing deposit. That's what I always say. How, how amazing is it that the Holy Spirit, that, that, you know, God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit dwells in us when we come to Christ. Re- remember, we, we talked about this and, and we've talked about salvation. And, and a lot of people, you know, have issues and, and Deep discussions on salvation, but uh, you have to understand that that salvation there's 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 this, and we, we talked about this: that you are saved, you're being saved, and you will be saved. You will be saved. That that in that word are these tenses, these ideas, and the the words that go with those concepts are that we're we're justified, we're sanctified, and we will be glorified. And so you're justified when you when you come to Christ, when you give your life to Jesus. Uh, and you, you end, engage in relationship with Him, you're justified. The best way to remember that, it's, it's just as if we'd never sinned, because that's your standing now in Christ in the Lord. When God sees you now as a believer, He sees you in in the perfection of His Son. Now, we understand that we are not yet perfect um, because we're still walking this thing out. And so that's where the next idea comes in, that we're being saved. That's sanctification. So you are saved. You need to know that when you're in Christ... Your, your relationship with God is reconciled and He's choosing to see you in the perfection of His Son. But the, the walking this out, holding things in tension, the now and the not yet, is we're being sanctified. That, that word is, is we're being changed. The Holy Spirit comes at, at the point that we're justified when we come to Christ. The Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us and then He begins His ministry in us which is is moving us on and changing us over time as we learn to yield to Him he changes us throughout the course of this life. And He continues that until the point when we are glorified. And that will happen either when we go to be with Jesus or Jesus comes to get us, however that works. And, and then that's glorification. That's when everything is set new um, and we, everything is made new and we're, we're made new in the process with Him and everything happens. So, so that's the idea behind salvation. And so we, we have to understand that. And in these verses as He lays down the concept um, fascinating in those verses that that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all in those verses uh, and in what they 're doing that God the Father chose us in Christ to be holy and blameless He chooses to uh, to adopt us as as children he, he pours out his grace on us in Christ, and then God the Son Jesus redeems us through his blood he brings us forgiveness and and uh, And He gives us, you know, gifts of wisdom and understanding. Uh, The Scripture says even now we're included in Christ and we look forward to the complete fulfillment of God's plan, the glory that the future holds for us, glorification. And we've been sealed now um, with the guarantee of our inheritance by the Holy Spirit. And so you you see in that, that first chunk there the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all at work on our behalf. And, and you need to take that in. See, part of Ephesians and understanding Ephesians is understanding the lengths that God has gone to for you because you matter and you make a difference. And here we see the, the fullness of the Trinity all at work, all moving in your direction, and they're doing it for you. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all part of um, the, the movement so that you can be reconciled with Him and spend eternity with him, you're, you're the focus, if you would, of his love in these things, and and his grace poured out on us. And you you need to make sure that you're allowing that to sink in, throughout the course of your life, what that really means. That we we never just sort of take it for granted, or it becomes it's an amazing thing. The the very concept of of justification usually is a is enough um, for me to to just wonder at the awesomeness of God, that that he can he can see me in the perfection of his Son, and that. I have a relationship with him that's, that's going to go now from, from now on through eternity. And that um, even though I'm still a mess, he chooses to see me in Christ as, as already completed. And that, that, that makes it so I have complete access to the Father. Uh, the scripture says, you know, we have, we have 24-7 access in effect to the very throne room of the living God. Um, and, and this is an amazing, amazing thing. And so we have the, with that knowledge and the power of the Holy Spirit living in us, we have, we have everything that we need to live in this present, fallen, broken world. And then uh, he goes on in Ephesians 1, uh, 15 through the end, he's, he's talking about um, uh, that knowing who we are in Christ allows us to experience full and abundant life. We have a new identity because of that. We're saints. Well, isn't that, I, I always, I, I'll stop on that all the time because um, sometimes people don't get that. Um, that but when you're a believer in Christ you're a saint that was that was the qualification uh, it's not things that you've done it's not any of the other things you you are technically Paul says when you come to Christ you're a saint and so we could use that terminology but it's weird and uh, to be calling each other saint is just kind of strange but you are in fact that's part of your identity because of justification see that's how God is already seeing you and and so that's that's an amazing amazing gift that we have um, in the church and um, towards the end of chapter 1, the, Christ fills the church with gifts and blessings, and, and the church is to be the expression of Christ. Um, e- each of us, and we, we've been t- talking about this often over the last few weeks too, is that that individually, so you're the church. We, we, we often talk about coming to church, but you're the church. And so right now you're the church gathered corporately, but when you leave, you're still the church. You're just the church on mission in the world. But... That's your reality. You're the church. And, and there's something, again, about that that changes the way that we live. Otherwise, we compartmentalize and church becomes something that we do. And it's not church is not something that we do. Church is something that we are. Significant difference in those uh, ideas. Then in Ephesians 2, um, he starts uh, sort of letting us know how, you know, our condition. Before we knew Christ, we were spiritually dead because of our sin. Um, so we, in effect, were then following the evil one. Whether we were doing that intentionally or not isn't the deal. If, if, you're, if you haven't given your life to Christ, you are in the um, kingdom of the enemy by default. It's your default position. Some of you think you have to choose it. You don't. You have to choose out of it. But um, you're, you're in it by default. Uh, Paul describes the evil one as the ruler of the kingdom of the air. And so when Jesus comes the first time, when he came the first time, uh, and he was, he was victorious uh, in his resurrection then over the evil one and his power. So in his first coming, um, you know, the death and, and all the things that he did, resurrection, Jesus inaugurates the kingdom. So he is the permanent ruler of the whole world. And when he comes back, he will c- consummate the kingdom. But in this in-between time, in this tension, the, the evil one is the temporary ruler of the part of the world that, that chooses to follow him either by choice or by default. And so that's why there's so many things that still take place here in a fallen world on a broken planet. He goes on in verse 4 of Ephesians 2, but because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It's by grace you've been saved. And God raised us up with uh, Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith, this not from yourselves, it's a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So Paul's letting us know all of us have, have sinned, and we cannot save ourselves. We, we can 't work our way back into relationship with God, and unfortunately that thought has permeated our culture uh, and and it's not uh, how that works um, We can never be good enough in our own strength because the standard is perfect um god's perfect and holy and and uh, that's that's the standard and once we've sinned we're not and and just being good doesn't get you back to perfect uh, that's that's the issue and 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 so it's not good isn't the deal perfect is and we, we can't be. Uh, and so Jesus is perfect for us. And and th- that's the whole idea that we have to grasp um, in this whole thing. We can't earn salvation. It's a gift, freely given, which we accept. And then we, as we yield to the Holy Spirit, we're changed over time. But we will never be perfect because we, we're still in battle. Remember a few weeks ago, I talked about how Paul encouraged us to take off the old self and put on the new self. but But that in Christ now, um, you have a new nature, but the old nature's not gone yet. Before Christ you had that nature. Now there's two. And, and it's yielding to the Holy Spirit that allows your new nature to, to be the one that's that's the one that you're mostly living in. But until we're glorified, we're still a work in progress. And we have to remember that. that one of the things that remembering that does is keep us from being rule followers and also keeps us from being hypocrites and being very judgmental and critical which is not what we're supposed to be. So the, this life that we have, is a, is, it's, it's a gift. You can't earn it. You can't pay for it. And um, it's really what sets Christianity apart from everything else. Uh, every other system is about what you have to do. In Christianity, it's about what's been done for you. It's a significant difference in the way that um, this is approached. It's all gift and grace that comes from the Lord. And... and um, But he goes on with that and says though that that because of this now, and we talk about this a lot, so we're not trying to earn salvation, but at the same time, because of this great love, we're to respond to it. And the way that we respond in the kingdom is by start becoming aware of others. So so remember this, the, the deal is we're to love God all in, heart, mind, soul, and strength, and we're to love our neighbors as we love ourselves and that that's always been the heart of God. That that thought is expressed back in the the 10 words that he gave or the 10 commandments. The first three are loving God. The fourth one is really about loving yourself. It's about the Sabbath. And the last six are about loving others. And and that this has always been the way it's supposed to be. Uh, And yet because of sin, we tend to go in the wrong direction. But they were never the laws in... The way we take them uh, rules. They were they were. This is how you will live when you're loving well. This is the byproduct of loving well, and so it's a love thing, not a law thing. And he also says in that passage that I read you that we're God's um, poema. He says masterpiece or workmanship, but it's the word poema. You're his poem. You're, you're. I love it. I like thinking of it that way. You're his creation. And you are not just in general. It's about you you're his masterpiece he, he did an amazing powerful creative work in you uh, and then he, he he encourages the church to live um, well together at the end of Ephesians 2 uh, chapter 2 so that the world will know that we're his it, it's um, if we're loving each other well it will impact the world around us for him And and so we're citizens of God's kingdom and we're members of His household. Then in Ephesians 3, uh, let me read you 5 through 11, which was uh, not made known to men in other generations as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me, through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which was for ages past kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent was that now through the church the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. So what Paul's saying there is that God's plan for the church wasn't revealed to previous generations. It wasn't because he was hiding that information. It was a matter of timing for when that information would be revealed. And, and God's intent was for, for Jews and Gentiles to comprise one body, the church. Uh, it was known in the Old Testament that Gentiles would receive salvation. Isaiah 49.6 says, it's, It is uh, too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I've kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. So they understood that um, by the Old Testament that salvation was something available to the Gentiles, but it wasn't revealed back then that the way it was going to happen in the church, where would this be a joining together of these things. Yeah. He goes on in Ephesians three, uh, in, in verses 12, he says, what an, uh, you know what, it, what an awesome privilege we, we understand to be able to approach God with freedom and confidence. We touched on that because we've been justified, and we have that uh, happening. Uh, if verses 4:19, 4, 14 through 19 of chapter three, it's this beautiful prayer of uh, um, he prays for the family, that's all of us. He talks about this amazing love that we have. Uh, together, that, that God's love is wide. And so it covers the breadth of our experience and it reaches out to the whole world. Uh, his love is long. It, it continues the length of our lives. It's high, um, rises to the heights of our, our celebration and His love is deep. It, it reaches to the places in our lives of discouragement and despair. Um, his, his love is there for us and uh, it always will be. Then... He moves into Ephesians 4. And he's he's talking about how we're to walk this out at this point. Ephesians 4, 7 through 13. But to each one of us grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why he says, when he ascended on high, he led captives in his train, uh, train and gave gift to men. What does he ascended mean, except he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. It was he who gave some to be apostles some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. To prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of God. So Paul really is talking about um, the, a life of love that should be characterizing the church today. And, and, uh, and the church should be... Um, uh, seen as, as that there are people who are trying to help everyone be equipped to do the ministry, that each person is to be a minister, is to be uh, effective. It's not just something that uh, leaders do, that ministry is for everybody in the body of Christ. Um, we're, the church should be uh, encouraging each other and helping to build one another and helping to grow one another. Uh, and also the, the church on mission is helping others come to know um, who Jesus is, and bringing him in, uh, bringing them into relationship with them, and, and as we sort of get a hold of that, that's when we start to have an impact on the world around us. Really, the church should should be known by its love for one another and for the people um, that it is in contact with in the world around us, and that this whole concept is what he's he's. Uh, talking about. And then he, in Ephesians 4, he talks about how important it is that we we love one another and that we, um, we speak truthfully to one another, um, that, that we um, don't gossip about one another, uh, that we really hold each other, you know, close and we encourage one another and we love one another, and that we're, we're in our conversation trying to build others up and not tear them down. We're to rid ourselves of bitterness, rage, slander every form of malice. We're to be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ we've been forgiven. And, and um, that's all part of sort of laying aside some of our own stuff and understanding that it's a much bigger picture. Um, it's one of the things I talk about here all the time, you know that if you're here, is uh, the importance of, of this idea that, that this is His story. And he's invited us into his story, and he's weaving our story into his. But this is his story. He's the noun of the story. It's about him. And that, that our best way I can describe us is that we're adjectives in his story. Um, our lives describe him. And that's where we find life. Uh, it's, not a, it's not a less than role. It's, it's our role. It's what we were created for. And, and when we're trying to be something that we're not, that's when life is so unsettling. But when we understand that we're here... To, to describe Him and live for Him, that's when things begin to change. And so that's kind of the heart of Ephesians 4, uh, Ephesians, the the book of Ephesians. I, I kind of left off the last chapter because I'm going to talk about it this weekend. But uh, there he talks about the armor of God. And the armor of God is imperative for you as a believer um, because we're all involved in a spiritual battle. And, and if you... you Um, I believe you should be actively praying on the armor every day. We have wristbands out there so you remember to do it. And that that in the course of your... I do it in the mornings. I, I think it's the best time to do that. But I, I, I actually stop, and, and in my prayer, I pray that armor on. I think about the armor, and I pray it on the belt of truth. I, I make sure that that's with me, and the, the breastplate of righteousness, that that's in place, the preparation of the gospel of the feet, the boots of peace, the, the, the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, the sword of the Spirit, and, and that, that I, I actually take time to pray those pieces of armor on, because that's what God gives us to stand against schemes of the enemy. And he's got lots of those. So you should be aware of that. And if you're not sort of actively praying the armor on, I would encourage you that you make it a part of your daily routine. And if you want to know more about the armor, that's what I'm going to be talking about this weekend. Come back or listen when you get a chance. But that's good enough for uh, today. So I'm going to end it there. If you're watching my video, thanks for watching. Visit us when you can. And uh, we'll be blessing and praying for you guys. God bless you. We'll see you soon.